I I don't ever worry about the roadblocks because I know that they'll show up. But I also know that I'm the one that puts them there so I can completely destroy and uncreate them. What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. Today, I am here with an author, speaker, and creative rebel at heart. We're going to talk a lot about that, but really cool stuff about this amazing woman coming on. She completed her first bucket list item by age 20. We're going to talk about what that is. And also really cool, she encourages people to be selfish. And her motto is impossible, is temporary, which she talks about in her latest book, Rebellious Ritual. Welcome to the show, Rebecca Hulse. What a welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Good. You know what's funny? I say this. I was almost going to talk to you about this pre-show, but when you were like shifting stuff and your camera, uh, you know, in the bottom left-hand corner of my screen, which is like to your right, the, I'm like, why is there a toaster there? But no, that's a microphone. It's a microphone. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a really like bougie, fancy Fancy ass microphone. It's yeah. awesome. It's a fancy ass <laughs> microphone. <laughs> yes. I saw it. I'm like, you're just got you're just ready for like an English muffin, you know, just yeah. seeing the corner. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Your bucket list. You have a bucket list. I had one. You yeah. had, had like like completely checked off now, every item on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I actually completed that entire bucket list by age 20. Oh, the whole thing. Not just one thing, thing, but the whole thing. Not just one thing. I mean, it was a short one. Like, it was three to four items, but but they were big. All right. First off, bucket list is supposed to be like surrounding death, right? Which is why I never liked them, because it's supposed to be a thing. All these things you're supposed to do before you die. Have you ever seen the movie The Bucket List? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely have my own interpretation. Mine was a before 30 bucket list. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was like, by 30, I'll, I will, I'll have new targets in mind, for sure. <laughs> I would hope so, right on. By the time you age 30. Yeah, I, I almost thought, it's like, was there something that was, because, you know, the bucket list is for when you kick the bucket, you know, like when you're dead. Yeah. That's why I was like, was there something going on health-wise or something like that before 20? No, but I mean, I was, I was also staring, like, death in the face because my dad died when I was 15. Mm. So it's like I created this bucket list around a similar time. And it was one of those things of like, wow, like you got to, you got to live and and do all of this stuff. You, you got to create your life, how you want to live it, because otherwise you, you don't know when you're going, you don't know exactly when your body's going to be like, you know what, we're done now. So it was all about creating that, what's actually important to me and where do I want to start making sure that I'm creating my life. That's truth. Right on. 16, my dad died when I was 35. I almost died. So that's the whole thing. You're right. You just don't know. And I, no. I applaud you, you know, because it, it sounds like you shifted the meaning of the bucket list, right? Before you kick yes. the bucket, you know, because I, I never liked it. I don't have one only because well, I don't uh, have one anymore. Like, <laughs> <that's so laughs> I cool. really don't. <laughs> yeah. So what do you have now? You know, because you said your targets are going to change around age. How old are you now? I'm 28. Sweet. Okay. So you're two years away from 30, which means are you creating a new list when you're 30? I don't think so. I think, um, I think such harsh targets worked for me when I was, when I was younger, but I think now I'm much more interested in 
things like the different energies and possibilities I can have in my life and the quality of living I'm having and the freedom of choices. So it's more about going about, you know, I see something or I find an energy that I really love having in my life. And I'm like, yeah, more of that. Like right now, um, you know, I live in a very safe country at the time of recording this. It's in New Zealand. And, you know, we have the ability to travel freely within our yeah. own thing. So my thing is every quarter I'm taking a fancy ass holiday with my lover and, like going all out. And that is such a fun thing for me to do in my business. Like I bring my writing materials, I write by hand, I can't read my own writing, then I have to figure out how it's going to turn into the next book later. But it's just such a fun, creative experience. And I was like, this is this is what living's really about right now. That's awesome. So you're taking a trip every quarter. Was that one of the things yep. that was on your bucket list before 20 was taking no, some kind of trip? Well, well, I think we have to dissolve the mystery here because we've said it so many times. Let's and it's dissolve. Like, what is it? Yes. Let's dissolve. So it was, it was simple. It was, I wanted to be a professional dancer. I wanted to travel the world and get paid for it. I wanted to have my own business helping people. And I wanted to be with the love of my life. Hmm. Simple list. I was like, simple, list. That seems doable. simple. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> simple. <laughs> okay. But in my like 15 year old brain, it was like, yeah, that's legit. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. And you completed all these. That's what's impressive. I mean, with the whole- yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I found myself on a cruise ship at age, you know, just before age 20 on a cruise ship about to perform that night there with my boyfriend, which they said was impossible for us to even get the same contract all throughout our, our dancing training. And by day, I was working on my business as a coach. And I was like, holy hell, I've I've done the thing. <laughs> what, what am I going to do now? <laughs> like, I've got 10 years to go. What am I going to do? You have the sense of dread. <laughs> <laughs> it's just more like, From completing well, your shit. Book. <laughs> Damn, overachiever. What the like, hell? I, I, I know. It was just this moment. And I was like, okay, all right. I'm, I don't have this figured out, but it's okay. And the universe was like, it's okay. We'll do that for you. Like, don't worry. We're going to throw some things in your pot that yeah. is going to make make life interesting for the next 10 years. And it has. It's done very well at that. That's so hilarious. That's why I didn't create another bucket list because I was like, I didn't like that moment of, well, now what? <laughs> I don't feel like letting myself down again by succeeding. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, overachievers are feeling my pain right now. <laughs> They're like, I get you. <laughs> I guess I set the bar a little too low. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. In your <laughs> well, okay. Well, there's your bucket list. It's done. I think we bookended that part of the conversation. Moving on. Pretty much. <laughs> Rebecca's a success, <laughs> everybody. Dissolved, I know. There's no more buildup. Yes, <laughs> for done. sure. Everybody is envious now. Rebecca's is, is a success, right? Well, uh, I, <laughs> and I. That's interesting, though, because honestly, you know, and for anyone that's had any level of success, it doesn't feel like it. That's so like, true. Yes. You know, and I, I, anytime this comes up in a conversation, I must break the veneer. I'm sorry. I have to break the illusion because I, toxic positivity is something that I am always coming out for on an attack. Ooh. And this is one of those things of like, oh, when everything's successful, you'll feel great. No, you will feel normal. <laughs> you will feel absolutely yeah. normal. You may have a moment of elation of joy or holy shit, I did that. Like you have those kinds of things, 
but you won't necessarily um, feel any different. And I think that's so important to know is that you're still going to be you even when the things that you've been dreaming of get achieved. That's huge. I love that phrase. And I, you know, I've heard it other places, but it's never resonated as it just did with me right now when you said it, toxic positivity. And you see a lot of that floating around the Instagrams right now. Yes. Yes, you do. Um, actually, one of the rituals in my book is a direct attack on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like legitimate attack. Um, because this- I see that... And I'm like, oh my God, like I woke up like this. And I was like, you fucking did not. I really don't know if I'm allowed to swear here on your show. You need you to tell said me that. You're allowed. Yeah. Okay, good. I was like, otherwise your audio editor is going to have to have a fun job of bleeping everything. And I, I like to be nice to the, you know, the people behind the scenes. They're great. I got a great introduction. So I want to make their work easier. Good, good. Um, and you got a fancy ass mic. I do. Yeah. Um, courtesy of another performer friend, I, I couldn't have like a normal entrepreneur space ball. And so I had to talk to a friend and be like, I need a mic. I got to record my book, but I can't have anything ugly. Help me. I'm and with so you. Yes. As a squirrel, yeah. when we were building out our studio too, I was looking at those, you know, cause there's a, there's some mics that are made by Heil that are, they're, they're retro looking and one even yeah. had like a pur- well, purple's obviously my brand color, but Ooh. even one had like a purple led and I'm like, that looks so badass, <laughs> you know? So, so then, uh, you know, you understand this being a performing artist because as mm-hmm. so was I, right. Guitarist, front man playing in front of thousands, yeah. you know, you always say, and I'm so passionate about even how this show sounds right. Coming across yes. iTunes, like I'm all always just diving into the audio. It's got to sound crisp. It's got to sound great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it came down to. Even using this mic in front of me, it's like, crap, this one still sounds the best. <laughs> I have to use yes. it. Man, but yours is sounding really good though. Thank you. Well, that's not courtesy of me. That's courtesy of my um, my musician and singer-songwriter friend, Mike, Michael Delara. He got me an interface and the analog um, mic, and we tested everything until I could just turn it on. And nice. It would you mind sending that over? Because there's a lot of guests and, and listeners, too, that are starting podcasts, and I would love to just reference those in the show notes, yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Thanks. Yes. Anyways, well, back to the show. Instagram. Yes, Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, so I was, you know, I I was writing this book last year and, you know, everyone was either starting to become really vulnerable and open about what was going on for them during their whole life changes or really, really fake. And I was just like, come on, guys, like now is not the time for this. And so I sat down and I wrote, I woke up like this and I created a ritual for when you want to have that bright, bouncy, golden light hitting your face kind of style. Your skin looks perfect moment, but you've got to create that. That does not happen overnight. That does not happen when you just had some sleep. You know, for for those of us that are caffeine addicted and adrenal pumping and (laughs) stress, I'm talking to myself here too, like stress induced and deadline overworked and wondering about our futures. Like you do not wake up with that bushy, sunshiny look and feel. So I was like, all right, we want this. That's obvious. That's why it's here on Instagram. But that has to be created, not just happen. So what can we do? And so I put together some of my favorite tools that make me feel my best energetically to help, you know, get yourself more into your body, more present, more of what we would deem that that inner glow. Nice. So you can be selfish, right? Because you're encouraging people to be selfish. 
Yes. Why? Why, why do you encourage that? Because well, I'm saying I'm asking this because that toxic positivity you're talking about, right? Totally. There's a lot of people throwing out there this word selfish and be selfish, right? And that that's uh, it's part of that whole thing. I'm sure you've got yes. a different yeah. So there you go. Go for it. So, Tune you up. So first, the the helpful martyr is over. Like that whole you know, way of working. We know that doesn't work. We know that when you're burnt out, you're cranky, you're bitchy, you cannot actually be generous with your time, your attention, your capacity. Everything just goes into protecting your little, you know, issues and things like all of your don't touch zones, like this big hard shell just goes over into the, I need to protect my problems here because I don't have that much to give. Whereas if you are being a self-sufficient person in terms of you're filling your own cup, you get what you need from you, which is an always giving source. Like when you realize that you are the source of the things that you need, you become this self-sufficient energy, which means when you're out there in the world, you're gracious, you're kind, you're forgiving, you will have a flexible point of view. And if we look at the kind of people that we have in the world, we either have these kind, flexible, giving people, or we have the shell over, overprotective, mm-hmm. stiff, inflexible points of view that shatter under any pressure. And we have to be more flexible more now than ever. And with a performing background with both of us, we know how annoying it is when you are stiff. <laughs> and <laughs> how does that, yeah, that's a good, actually, that's a really good analogy. Cause when you're on stage and you're stiff, how does the crowd voice, respond to you? Exactly. Yeah, your they, voice locks up, yeah. your body locks up. They can't access you. There becomes this wall. Whereas if you're relaxed in your presence, you're like, I might fuck this up. I don't know, but I'm here and I'm here with you as an audience and we've got this and we'll go for this ride together. You're in, you're engaged, you're there. You're there for that show. It's incredible. And then you have this transference of energy between you and the people that are listening to you and then they become part of everything that you're doing. It's just incredible. I love how all that works. And you you get this because you've been on stage and there's been times where I have not brought all of me in the way that I should to the stage and you feel that because you feel this barrier between you and the people that are there for you or that you're there for. And that barrier was created by me, by myself in that process. It's such a good analogy. Thank you for that. That helps. I've never heard anyone. It's great having the same sense of relation that we have to that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a big misconception. Like people always talk about, giving your all when you're on stage or when you're doing something that's for other people. And you cannot do that unless you have all of you to give, like unless you've got Mm -hmm. yourself to a place where, you know, you are fulfilled. Like when your body is tired, you can't give as much. It's just a thing. But that's where it's like for me, being selfish is actually the part of being self-sustainable and getting everything you need because it's okay to have needs. But you've got to be the one to fill them. And that is really the entire premise of this book. I like that. Uh, Rebellious Rituals. Of course, we're going to have the link too in the show notes. But your uh, your bio has something, or maybe this is the description, a creative rebel at heart. Is that part of the book? Uh, It's what created the book. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) How did you come up with that? Well, 
I've always loved the idea of being rebellious, but as we heard earlier, I had great parents. Like, so I didn't have that much to rebel against as a kid. And I was like, what do I do with all this fighting energy? Like, <laughs> Great parents, accomplished my bucket list by the time I'm 20. What the hell? Yeah, I know. Too, too fortunate. Um, it's okay. I'll tell you that both my parents are dead and then you'll feel bad. So... <laughs> <laughs> I meant to do the joke. It sounds really know, hard now. <laughs> okay, that's what happens when you have too much fun and you have a crazy brain like mine, which is what we're really talking about. So the whole idea of, you know, creative rebelling or being a creative rebel is, you know, we think that being creative is all about, you know, creating art, being someone that can come up with lots of different ideas. Yeah. But often I feel like that term gets so misapplied misapplied because really being creative is the ability to talk to ideas and being willing to bring them to life. And most, a lot of your audience is entrepreneurs. I am a serial entrepreneur and it's one of those things of that for me, being creative is actually more about just talking to ideas, bringing them to mm, life yeah. rather than needing to have a huge creative output in the arts. Um, and so with that, it also comes this, the steep sense of fight. And for me, that fight is always for possibilities for something different. So it's like, I see something that annoys me, like this whole Instagram thing of, I woke up like this. And my thing is always, so what is actually here? That's a different possibility. Screw this. There's gotta be something better. And that is really, to me, the sense of what a creative rebel is. Someone that is willing to have different ideas come to them, have the balls to bring them to life, and to see what else, what's out there that doesn't work and make something better that does. That's phenomenal. You know, you, you, as you're talking about this, you know, the martyrs, uh, the age of the martyr is over. And what's the next step for Instagram, do you think, in order to be that real person? Because, it, you know, real before was like showing yourself in your stories, right? And I was almost looking at like the, your feed is the movie and your story is behind the scenes. But then you start to see yeah. people like even, like they've been up for two hours already, right? And they're thinking, oh, it's a great day, but oh, I should post something that makes me look vulnerable. So let's go mess up my pillows in my bed and look like I'm just getting up. <laughs> and you know, well, I've already had coffee. I've already had my breakfast. I've already showered, right? Let's just mess up my hair, get back into bed and then take this photo like, oh, I'm just waking up. It's gonna be such a tough day. And, that's I've seen those happen too now because it, that somebody was creative in that realm saying I'm going to be vulnerable for real and then everyone else now is like I think I have to fake the vulnerability to be relevant at this point yes which is scary uh-huh <laughs> and I mean and this is where I definitely don't have a, a good answer to this because I get the content beast I really yeah. do like we're always like if you're in a business content is part of what you have to create. And I do get that. And at the same time, I am either efficient or lazy. It's up to you to decide. And I love a good batch. Like I love a good amount of preparation. And so for me, I'm always, I'm either doing two things with, with my content. I'm either showing an energy that is going on right now that has shown up is coming through and blurting the words out. And for me, my natural form of expression is words and writing. Hmm. So that's going to be my go-to. And then I'm either taking an image or finding an image that matches the energy of what I'm expressing, or I'm thinking about who my people are. 
and who is actually out there in my world that I've created online and what do they need to hear? Because, you know, yes, your social media is a reflection of you and your life and your world. But remember, people are there for themselves. They're there for entertainment. They're there for information. They're there to get inspired. They're there for whatever myriad of reasons you've brought people to your world. And so I'm always aware of that privilege and don't and hate wasting time. So want to make sure that anytime someone is interacting with me, it's either a reflection of whatever energy is going on right now yeah. that I can use as a transformation. I never want to bleed. And I've had a lot of things go on in the last year that could definitely have turned into bleeding on my people. But I've chosen to keep Ooh. what is going on for me, for me, and then share the moments of that that can be transformable transformable that can be applicable and then the other side of it is content that i know can contribute and create more for my people that's incredible the the, the phrases you're using today are just mind-blowing to me you know because <laughs> i caught bleeding on my people and that's uh, you do see that a lot you know i mean that's also yeah. like the martyr mindset right which is just one of the most annoying things in the world it's, yes <laughs> <laughs> you know, great you're going through some shit all right. Yeah. I get that. I want. I would love to be there to support you as one of the followers and send good vibes and energy your way. But come on now, what are you going to do to get yes. out of it? Right. And this is like the whole thing with like even pivot and pivoting, which I've beaten to a dead horse perspective on this show <laughs> before. You know, it's like pivot is not like a, a continuous action word, right? It, it, it's supposed to be past tense. I mean, you've gotten right. past whatever it is, <laughs> you know, that, that's, a, but that's just like bleeding on your people too. Okay. Yeah. At some point in time, you have to close that wound. You know, you yes. have to, you have to allow it to heal, but it's, yeah. a, I hear you. It's like the, when you're bleeding, it's like constant bloodletting and they keep the wound open just for the sake yeah. of getting more attention. Good God. Come on. People don't want to see that. They want to support you through your issues yes. that you're having. They don't want to support you in this endless martyrdom that you've thrown yourself into. So for your own sake and for the people that are surrounding you there to support you, you you'll push them away. If you continue yeah. to draw out this process and keeping that wound open when they're there to help you heal in the first place. And that is where we come back. We circle back to selfish. I hate that I said circle back. I'm not one of those people that's like, we'll circle back. Um, <laughs> but we come back to selfish with that. You know, you have to take your own spice, space to do you. It's like if you don't heal in the public eye, Put whatever content up that you need so that you can step back and go through your thing. Yeah. If you are one of those people that can air everything, and there are those, that's for sure. I'm just not one of them. Yep. But if you are those types that by sharing everything, you then heal the process, that's great. But remember to keep moving forward. Yeah. Nobody wants to just see a rant anymore that's yeah. the that's the stuff that just takes you away. it's like cool you're going through some stuff but tell me what you're doing about it because although i did see a constructive rant about pens like it was like a review about rant. pens in frankie in frankie magazine and it was my favorite favorite thing that i read it was this full rant about like you know all these different pen reviews basically and i was like this piece of writing is glorious <laughs> it's a um, rant about pens <laughs> so it's like you know you get like the bic pen i don't even have any here 
here to like show as an example, but it's like no one buys this pen. Like it is either borrowed or given out at conferences or, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Like it is going to be a part of our history and culture that is studied a thousand years from now because this pen will still exist and they will wonder what the significance of it meant. Like, <laughs> That's pretty fun. <laughs> I was like, if you can do a rant about something like that, then we want to hear it. Oh, for sure. You, <laughs> yes. Right on. That, that, that's not quite classified as bleeding on your people though, right? No. That's, <laughs> that's trashing the pen. <laughs> that is bleeding on <laughs> the paper. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> right on. That's awesome. <laughs> is there a specific crowd you wrote your book for to target? I know we're, we seem to be bouncing around this like a theme yeah. in some point. Yeah. I, I really wrote it for the, the yogi that drinks wine. Ooh. Like, like that's when, when I was imagining who I was writing it to. It was either my former self as a performing artist that was completely stressed out, had that shell over my head, had all the wrong tools. Um, I tell this story quite often of how I would go upstairs in my, in my flat with my boyfriend and my roommates and I would meditate and then I would come downstairs, see one tiny thing wrong. And it would burst my bubble. Like, for example, the kitchen bench was a mess. Mm. Like, I'm talking that level of perfectionism was needed in my world at the time. And I would have to march my ass back upstairs, meditate again, create that thin veneer, and hope that it would hold it throughout the day. And I was like, this is bullshit. There should be better tools than this. And it's not, it's not that meditation is wrong. It's that I was wrong for meditation. Oh. And so... I wanted tools that were better for the inconsistent at heart for, you know, the person with that creative, crazy brain that goes off in a million different directions that needs something that is impatient, like hello to the fellow squirrels. It is okay. (laughs) Um, There's actually a couple of rituals in here for you. There's one called squirrel. Oh, Um, yes. (laughs) This is going to be my new favorite book. (laughs) We should have to send you a copy. There's um, like, there's rituals in here for when you feel weird, when you're cranky, um, when something feels just out of reach, um, when you're working from home, when you have writer's block, when you don't want to go to work today, when you need a screen break, like, I made them for, I put these two together. Everything is going to shit. And then everything is going great. Put those two back to back for a sense of humor. Um, but yeah, it's like I made the rituals for real moments. And that was really important to me. Good, 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 good. Uh, we need to read this. Uh, and by <laughs> we, I'm talking to everybody that's listening right now. Of course, the link is in the show notes. Go down and grab it. Uh, you know, th- there's something that... Why doesn't you, you mentioned something about like the, their tools to where you don't have to be consistent or you're undisciplined about it too. And you were wrong for the meditation. Why doesn't self-care in your perspective have to be consistent? Well, we're different every day. We haven't had the same day twice ever. And so for me, what's required each day is going to be different. And I am a huge advocate of what I call following the energy is in choosing what's required in your day based on what has the most lightness or you get an energetic hit or what matches your target for that day. And so for me, the way I wrote this book was that you could literally just open it up to a page or you could scroll through the index and choose whatever match where you're at today and do that. And if you did that once a week, if you did that every day, if you devoured the book in one go and then completely forgot about it for the rest of your life, like... That's kind of what I wanted to create was that you had a resource. You had a best friend that had your back 
Um, and the people that know me say that it sounds like my voice in their back pocket. Um, I wanted you to have an energetic friend that had your back and to help you change whatever you're not okay with living with anymore. That's an interesting approach because every coach that I've ever spoken with is always like, hey, consistency, discipline, you do this every day or you do this rhythm every week. And I, I've never really fallen into that either. I mean, even with working out, you know, I stay healthy, but there's times to where I'll miss a day, even if I'll do three to four days a week, which is my ritual, it's my discipline. Mm. There's times where I miss it. And you know what? I just, I haven't worked out. Everybody listening this is going to shock you, right? I haven't worked out in <laughs> three weeks, right? And it's the first time I've done that in five years. And it became like a conscious choice of mine too, because yeah. I'm, I'm going into, uh, I actually hired a fitness coach and I'm going into the, this other level now to increase my knowledge because I felt like I hit a plateau mm -hmm. in my own self care when it came to my physical body yeah. around nutrition and around fitness. It's like, that's great. I'm maintaining this, but you know what, what does it matter if I'm not still moving forward? And that's where I, I had an issue around me personally. It's like, what's the purpose mm. in continuing my discipline if there's not forward movement? You know, because yeah, I, I don't see myself getting more fit, right? For, yeah. Like, it's like, what's your body asking for right now too? Oh my gosh. You know what? I've, yeah. I felt rested. It was like two nights ago. Felt like legit rested, like to where my muscles felt amazing. The best they felt in five years, just like three nights ago. You know, and it was That's because I, I felt like I caught up, right? And I've yeah. heard about this, even it's like, take a month off or something like that. You know, and it's like a refocus and a reset because I recognize the same thing that that's great. I was so disciplined, but why does my self-care have to be what everybody else says it's supposed to be? And that I think is the key question here is why does what I do have to match with what other people do? Like we're all different. We all have different requirements. We all have different talents, capacities, ways of doing things, different bodies, and we have to get better at creating what we need and recognizing that. And if this book or your choices can help you to explore that and to, to get more of a sense of knowing yourself, then, then our, our job here is done. Right on. I'm loving that. Even with this fitness coach, he's like, we're going to set up like plan A, B, C, D, and E for your workouts. <laughs> you know, that way, whatever you're feeling for that day is fantastic. Plus I travel so much. He's like, you're already better off than everybody else because you're already mixing it up. You're going to have a different gym with different yeah. equipment wherever you travel to. So it's perfect. And I'm like, dude, I've been doing the same thing for like five years. He's like, I know that's why you're at a plateau, you know, <laughs> you know, cause it's what somebody else told you you're supposed great. to do. That's I know. Awesome. He's like, we're yeah, going to mix it up. <laughs> Whatever you're feeling like, that's what you're going to do. Of course, there's still like parameters, right? Yeah. <laughs> but where, wherever you're feeling that day, awesome. Go for it. If your arms yeah. are hurting a little more that day, you know, make it a leg day. That's cool. It doesn't matter. But if, you're <laughs> if your head's feeling a little warped that day, right? <laughs> you know, maybe exactly. make it like a, an energy building day in your core, or your <laughs> sacral center or something like that, right? Let's just yeah. mix it up. Do what you need to do for that day. You are awesome. I'm loving this conversation, right? So challenges, the most successful people respond differently to challenges, right? Mm -hmm. They don't really see them as roadblocks. They see them as stepping stones. Now you've had yeah. that inverse in your life to where it's like, oh, I just completed everything and I'm only 20. 
<laughs> so yes. how do you continue to grow? You know, and what are the roadblocks that you're facing? Because me, I almost like subconsciously place those roadblocks in my life so that I continue to grow. Almost like this. The reason I right. hired a coach, mm -hmm. that's a roadblock, yeah. right? I put it there because I was stuck. Yes. Yeah. So for me, because I'm now looking more for an energetic growth aimed to contribute and to, to be more in the world, really, I first, you don't really need to put a block in place because everything that you've subconsciously put in place when you ask for something greater is going to show up. It's going to be like, oh, remember me? You put me in place so that you wouldn't get further in this. You would put me in place so that you wouldn't be more visible. You put me in place so that you wouldn't make more money. Like all of those energetic things are there. So it's like, I, I don't ever worry about <laughs> the roadblocks because I know that they'll show up. But I also know that I'm the one that put them there. So I can completely destroy and uncreate them. And I have no problem with that. And I also know myself well enough to know that if I am bored, I will destroy everything I'm created. If I don't have enough projects going on, everything will feel sluggish. You know, if I don't fill my life with interesting conversations and a, a lack of mundane, you know, if my life gets too filled with the admin side of things, then I'm going to need to have a lot more of the free spirited things that are so important to me show up because otherwise I'm going to drown myself in things that are not my forte. Mm -hmm. And so I am always, I, I never feel like I'm running out of challenges, but I'm always looking for what is my next version of greater than yesterday. Yeah, you're and even talking about your subconscious that. being that thing that puts those mechanisms, the roadblocks in yourself so you don't make more money, so you don't go to the next level. There's a coach of mine that caused that, calls that affectionately the safe place of suffering. Beautiful. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and we keep ourselves there, you know, because we totally. put these roadblocks in place. But you say that you can destroy them and you can create new ones. You know, Absolutely. Do we create the new ones? You know, because I haven't actually talked with him about this. It's interesting because we create them to keep us safe in that place of suffering, right? But mm -hmm. can we also create the roadblocks to help us level up, you know, in a positive way? Is there a way to do that? I get that, but I, I think that also starts to dip a toe into toxic positivity because God forbid it's easy. Mm -hmm. God forbid we actually have a little bit of ease during exactly glory. exactly what like, he said too. He's like, <laughs> why, why should it have to be hard? You know? Yeah, and I mean, I get it. Like, you know, for a lot of us that are in, let's say my demographic or your audience's demographic, we are starting to wrangle with like, oh, we are the adult in the situation. We are the leader here. We are the one that needs to make the executive choice or choice. Like even just the other day at the farmer's market, I was, I was with my lover and the lady selling the eggs was like, oh, who wears the pants? And it was like, I do. And I handed over the money and I was like, Oh, that's really funny. Um, it's true. <laughs> it was just like such an instantaneous moment of, it's me. <laughs> and, and my lover was like, yeah, it is. Um, but it's this thing of like, when you start getting used to being the leader, like, is it hard at first? Yes. And we need to get over the idea that things are easy at first and that they're not worth pursuing if you didn't get them perfect on the first go. But they do get easier. And I think that addiction to looking for a harder sometimes isn't actually helping us. I think we need to be willing to handle whatever shows up, but not predicting it or looking for it. Oh, for sure. Because then, then we'll create the situations that are difficult just in our minds. Totally. You know, it's a scenario yeah. that's actually a fake scenario. 
out of yeah. just some story we've told ourselves that it's supposed to be hard. Uh, and uh, yeah. it's, uh, there's, it, it, there's a difference between, you know, working hard and I've always said enforcing something too. And that's the realm that yeah. I refuse to cross into anymore is forcing something to make it happen because then you're almost fighting against, you are fighting against yourself. Totally. And, yeah. uh, you know, will some things be hard? Sure. But now I see hard as more like complex, not mm -hmm. difficult to accomplish, but just complex with a lot of moving pieces versus, yes. wow, it's really difficult to get past this. Because I would prefer the yeah. easier stuff and the faster stuff. <laughs> no, totally. It, it, it almost seems like that stuff is actually bigger stuff too. Mm -hmm. and, and it's this thing of when you're looking th at things from that perspective is you're becoming a greater leader and organizer and mover just by willing to go, all right, what is the overall of this? And what am I going to need to do to move these different things forward? It's a great skill to have. And it's something that, anyone that desires to can mm -hmm. actually develop. And I think it's important to say that leadership is learned and chosen and developed. It's not innate. There's not a naturalism that occurs with leadership. Every, no. I do feel. The, the people that you say are a natural leader are the ones that just got told that they were from birth and then became an <laughs> awful. Well, I don't think I'm awful. <laughs> but, that was a, but that's the thing, right? Even when you're young, you get labeled yeah. as such. You know, and yes. then it becomes leadership really is a choice at some point in time. You know, yeah. No matter if, even if you're told it when you're young or at some point, you know, maybe when you got promoted in a job, you know, that, Oh, you're a leader now. Well, I just, you still had to accept that new job role. You still had totally. to say, sure, I'll take it. It was still a choice. Yeah. You know, it, people can identify that potential in you. Sure. And I fully believe in that yes. because I see that in people all around me and my team, there's amazing potential that so many in this world have, but it's still your choice to step into that. You know, if it's not and, something you yeah. want to do, it's also okay. Yes. And it's also this thing of like, no matter how many times people tell you, you're the one that's going to have to own it and acknowledge it in you in order to be able to hear it. Like, you know, with everything that's been going on, my mom recently died and I have been, you know, taking over as matriarch of the family at 28. And it doesn't matter how many times I've heard from someone else, you're doing a great job. I needed to be like, you know what? It's it's okay. I'm the one that is actually doing everything I know needs to be done. And that is doing a good job. And it's not until I started to own it in myself that it stopped being annoying hearing it from other people. That's awesome. Rebecca, where can everybody find you? They can go to RebeccaHulse.com. So R-E-B-E-C-C-A-H-U-L-S-E.com and find that on Instagram and Facebook too. That's awesome. You're incredible. Thank you so much for being on today. This has been a lovely, energetic discussion. My pleasure. I've had so much fun being here. And yeah, this has just been awesome. Yeah, kick ass today. Boom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's shaking? Thank you for joining me on the All In Podcast. Click the subscribe button and smash that bell for notifications. Text me, 312-535-8520. Follow me on social media, at Mr. Rick Jordan. See you next episode. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.